0: This episode of Immigrantly is brought to you by the National Hockey League, NHL. The National Hockey League and National Hockey League Players Association is proud to celebrate Asian and Pacific Islander Heritage Month throughout May. To learn more about NHL's efforts, please visit nhl.com apiheritage. And throughout the year, the NHL will continue to honor highlight and celebrate contributions of underrepresented communities and have the important and honest conversations like this one in an effort to make hockey the most welcoming and inclusive sport.
1: Hockey Night in Canada, as you mentioned, is an institution in this country and I think it plays an integral role in the fabric of Canada as well.
2: When CBC Sports decided to try Hockey Night in Canada Punjabi in 2008, I'm one of the very, very fortunate, lucky ones to have been a part of the show since day one. It made the community feel more Canadian, more connected to the country.
1: It created connections. Multi-generational homes, my home was an example of it. I didn't speak Punjabi, my grandmother did, and that's the only language she really understood. Because of Hockey Night Punjabi, I was able to have a relationship with my grandmother.
2: And it's it's just great to see all these doors opening and these doors that are being broken down are just gonna bring more opportunities for the future generations.
0: Hey, listeners, welcome back to Immigrantly. I am your host, Sadia Khan. Today, we are continuing the conversation on Asian American and Pacific Islander representation in the National Hockey League with our friend Donnie Khan, the Senior Director of Advertising and Marketing for the NHL. It's been such an evocative and fun experience sharing the mic with Donny, and I'm sad to see this two-episode series end. That being said, the purpose and impact of the content stand true. We all hope that you all leave today's episode with a better understanding of the Asian and Pacific Islander communities that enrich our lives and spread the news of the content.
3: Well, Sadia, it's been a pleasure being on the show with you. Thank you so much for having me on and for collaborating with the National Hockey League for this two-episode two, uh, two episode series. I think uh, we truly, truly appreciate it.
0: You know, Donnie, it's interesting because I feel I've learned a little bit about hockey and I'm hoping you've learned something about podcasting, right?
3: Yes, this is definitely, you know, I think like anything else, you realize that it's a lot more challenging than you think <laughs> when you're just listening to things <laughs> on the other end. And now get to see from behind the scenes all the great work that you put in and your team puts into this.
0: Talking about today's guests, before we delve into that, I want to talk a little bit about our previous guests. So we had the chance to speak to Lali Thur and Dampy Brar of Apna Hockey and dive into the importance of representation in the sport. Now, Lali and Dampy are both former players, right?
3: They both played growing up, yes.
0: And Upna is an initiative focused on increasing South Asian participation in the sport. But our guests today are making waves in a slightly different realm, beyond the ice. And you know one of them. You know him really well.
3: Yeah, Hanrayan Singh, who is one of our guests, and Amrit Gill, they're both part of the Hockey Night in Canada Punjabi broadcast. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Hanrayan Singh in 2016 when... The World Cup of Hockey was hosted in Toronto, and we had a couple of great events to highlight diversity and inclusion at the Hockey Hall of Fame. And Han Ryan was kind enough to be one of our keynote speakers. Mm. And that's when I really got a chance to uh, truly see him in his element. And we had a chance to catch up afterwards. And he has a book out, One Game at a Time, and sent me a copy with a really nice note on it. So it's been a pleasure reading the book and really looking forward to speaking with Han Ryan and Embree on today's episode.
0: And apparently Canada's Punjabi edition of Hockey Night after its launch in, what, 2008, when the CBC Canada's public broadcast network began experimenting with different languages This one became the most popular non-English iteration. I did not know that. And it's interesting because I also did not know that Punjabi is the third most spoken language in Canada. Do you think that had anything to do with the popularity of Hockey Night Punjabi?
3: Definitely. And I think, you know, kudos to CBC at the time, right, for Hmm. them to see Uh, I mean, they were thinking diversity and inclusion before everybody else got on the bandwagon, (laughs) right? And I think they were exploring different things. I don't think they even realized at first that they had such a built-in audience Mm. that was just hungry for for this type of a broadcast. So Mm. it was amazing when they launched it.
0: And if listeners haven't figured out, Harna Ryan Singh and Amrit Gill both are commentators for Hockey Night Canada in Punjabi. Today we have the honour to speak with hosts of Hockey Night Punjabi and we'll hear about their experience navigating this interesting limelight. Now, some of you may remember Har Narayan Singh for his viral call for Nick Pinino. <laughs> Yeah, that one. He's also the author, as Donnie mentioned, of the book One Game at a Time. Both of us have a lot of questions for them. So let's get started. I am so honored to have both of you here today and there's so much to unpack, right? But I want to start with the basics. I want you to talk a little bit about your personal journeys with hockey because I'm assuming both of you love the sport or at least some aspects of it, right? So we'll start with Amrit.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having us. i so very excited to be here. Such a special month for everybody. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about, you know, our heritage. So my connection with hockey started at a very young age. I wasn't able to play at an organized level just because my family didn't have the means to do so. But I became a very big hockey fan and watched it on television all the time. Growing up, I was all about the box score. I loved the analysis portion of it. But as I got older, what really attracted me to the sport was the storylines. And it wasn't until, I guess, you know, the mid 2000s to maybe 2009, 2010, that I started realizing I don't have any appreciation for my culture or my heritage. I grew up in a suburb that was predominantly uh, Caucasian. And my connection to hockey and my connection to Hockey Night Punjabi started there when I watched Tarn and, and call games in Punjabi. And from there, I was like, this is so cool. I'm learning a language that, you know, I've never really gotten the chance to and watching the sport that I love by being able to see those two things together. At an early age, I decided, "Okay, I want to go into sports broadcasting. And luckily, I have a high school television class. I wanted to be the hockey reporter if I couldn't play. (laughs) So that's kind of how my connection with the game started from a fan to a broadcaster.
0: (laughs) So Amrit, as a broadcaster, you are probably one of the few broadcasters of color within a predominantly white space, right?
1: You know, to this day, it still feels a little bit odd. You do feel like the black sheep, especially being a female. You know, when I first started, I think maybe Harner, can attest to this, like I was very timid, very nervous. I didn't want to ask for anything. I didn't want to push any buttons But after a couple of years, I realized, okay, I need to start owning my space. You know, I've been given this opportunity, this platform for a reason to encourage other women of color, other women that come from various backgrounds, hey, this is a safe space for you. Honestly, I I still deal with this. Like, I still feel like the odd one out most of the time, right? And you have this like internal battle that continues. Okay, I'm not white. I'm not a male. I'm a colored female. So I don't know. it's always been this
0: internal battle that exists. Let's bring Harna Ryan into the conversation. So what's your story? What's your journey with hockey?
2: First of all, just as Amrit was saying, too, a pleasure to be on with both of you. And it's great uh, that the NHL has partnered with this podcast. It's exciting. And, you know, my story with hockey is I grew up in a very small town in southern Alberta where there wasn't very much diversity at all. Uh, and when I showed up to school, uh, I knew right away I was different. With a ten-letter first name, four vowels in it, uh, wearing a turban. You know, um, family was vegetarian. We we were learning Punjabi at home. Music we listened to was different. Food we ate, everything right, like it was just you know you're different. And so I guess I was looking for a way to fit in, but I also didn't want to give up my heritage and my faith and. So i was trying to figure out how to be comfortable in my own skin within that environment of being at school amongst classmates who were very curious about me and um, one of the things that really helped me was the game of hockey and had it not been for hockey my childhood would have been completely and drastically different it would have been much more negative had it not been for the game of hockey and and i only can reflect back on that now in my life when i look back and so much of the rapport that I had with my classmates and my teachers, it it all had to do with hockey. And it's kind of funny because in a small town uh, with little diversity in my kindergarten class picture, I'm the kid there, you know, obviously I look different. I'm wearing a little turban, but I'm also the only kid wearing a Wayne Gretzky sweater. And and I was fortunate to grow up during the 80s and the 90s, uh, during a time when Wayne Gretzky in Alberta was The best player ever to put on the pair of skates and you were surrounded by hockey left, right and center. So it was very popular, Uh, but I kind of took it to the next level. My hockey card collection would have been able to rival any kid's collection in the country. (laughs) My, My parents are academics and they're both former teachers now retired. My dad has a PhD in um, in mathematics and he was worried about, he's like, you're making your brain into this encyclopedia (laughs) of hockey. What are you going to do with it? Right. And so I was just a talkative kid. And like Amrit, my parents, my family, we didn't skate. So we didn't get put into hockey to play it. I played a lot of ball hockey because it's easier to just pick up a stick and a ball and find friends on the road to play I was just so obsessed with it, but I knew right away I wanted to be a broadcaster, kind of similar to Amritu. Like, that was my dream. I said, I want to be a hockey commentator. I had created this whole fictitious world where I was emulating everything I saw on TV. And I, you know, I had created my own fictional characters, players. I was the coach, the GM, the the media, right? I was playing all those roles with these toy microphones and all, all sorts of different things. And so, the obsession planted this seed uh for me that i wanted to be a hockey commentator but little did i know at that time growing up as a young innocent kid i i didn't know what the world or the reality of the world was like and that this was a dream that was going to be pretty impossible right so that's kind of just where the the love of hockey uh, began for me was growing up in southern Alberta with wayne gretzky winning all those stanley cups and breaking all those records and he was such a great ambassador for the game to look up to.
0: So let's talk about the genesis of Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi. I did not know anything about ice hockey. I grew up in Pakistan. So uh, when I hear hockey, I think about field hockey. My exposure to hockey comes from this collaboration, which I am thoroughly enjoying. I watched a lot of your videos and I loved it because I grew up in Lahore, which is immersed in Punjabi culture, so I could relate to so much. How did Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi come about? What is the story behind that?
3: So what I was going to say is before you even answer the question about the Hockey Night in Canada and Punjabi, maybe it's worth uh, sort of touching upon what Hockey Night in Canada means to Canadians in the first place. Perhaps, you know, Amrita, maybe you can uh, sort of talk a little bit about what Hockey Night in Canada really means to Canadians. And then maybe, Ryan you can tell us about uh, when the Punjabi version came into uh, existence.
1: Hockey Night in Canada, as you mentioned, is an institution in this country. And I think it plays an integral role in the fabric of Canada as well. It's done so much in a sense, not only for the sport, but it has helped change the game it's helped change people's lives i think h and i are kind of living examples of that hockey brings people together sport has the power to change and hockey night in canada is this institution that i think is a part of you know having a canadian passport (laughs) (laughs)
2: that's right definitely i think you know in the states um monday night football and just how big the super bowl is and when you're looking for that comparison in Canada, it really boils down to the game of hockey. And and it's just, it's the be-all, end-all sport here in terms of, like Amrit said, bringing Canadians together. It's that classic water cooler topic at everybody's workplace. And it it's really proven in terms of, uh, I guess, one of the best examples is in Vancouver, uh, the 2010 Olympic Winter Games. the gold medal game between canada and the us it was watched by over 80 percent of the population in canada and it's it's startling in terms of you know the statistics and just how popular the sport has been and And hockey night in canada has been a staple so on in in the states it's monday nights for football and monday night football is so popular but on saturday nights it's that tradition to watch hockey together. It started originally on the radio and then in the 60s, it came on TV and black and white TV. And then from there, it's just been every Saturday night is reserved for Hockey Night in Canada. And, you know, families gather around together to watch it. And that is kind of the pinnacle. It It is the, it is the pinnacle of hockey broadcasting in, in Canada.
0: So let's talk about Hockey Night in Canada and Punjabi. I am very interested in knowing more about how that came about.
2: Yeah, you know, I think this story really speaks to what Canada is and how we are a multicultural nation and how we, you know, we, up until now, we've celebrated our differences and we've come together no matter kind of who we are. And and we're really lucky that way. I mean, by no means is Canada perfect and we still have a lot of issues and we still have a long ways to go. But I think we are an example to the world, and this is just such a beautiful example where you have this game that is so popular. And at the time in 2008, around then, uh, CBC Sports, which was managing hockey night in Canada, they decided to do some multicultural initiatives where they thought, well, why don't we broadcast hockey in different languages and at the time they tried a, a few different languages the chinese languages of cantonese and mandarin and i think they even did italian and they did even a, a native uh, an indigenous language uh and then what happened is is that there was some people suggesting to them well if you're trying different languages you have to try punjabi and that was due to the fact that the sport was already very popular in the big cities of toronto and vancouver also Calgary as well. And I think also that because you mentioned, Sadia, that the field hockey connection for a certain part of the Punjabi, uh, you know, people who are here in Canada, for a certain generation of those Punjabi people, they have a an automatic association with field hockey. So that was taken yeah. care of. But I think just naturally, children who are born here, we have a natural Uh, attraction towards it. And so when CBC Sports decided to try Hockey Night in Canada Punjabi in 2008, I'm one of the very, very fortunate, lucky ones to have been a part of the show since day one. And it was just a hit. It was incredible in terms of the response from the community. I think it made the community, it validated their presence in Canada. It made the community feel more Canadian, more connected to the country. I know my own family's history. My great-grandfather came to Canada in 1907. I just remember the emotions of, I can't believe this is happening. Like This is the same country, yet my great-grandfather had such a different negative experience over 100 years ago, and here we are, and now this culture is, is being celebrated. And it was just such a special, proud moment for the community. They really came together around it. And here we are, that was 2008 and it's 2021 and the show is more successful than it's ever been. And it's been such an incredible journey, right? It's just, it's a beautiful Canadian multicultural story.
1: I just want to add, um, Arnaud mentioned connection. It created connections and connections multi-generational homes. My home was an example of it. I didn't speak Punjabi, my grandmother did and that's the only language she really understood. Because of Hockey Night Punjabi, I was able to have a relationship with my grandmother huh. and she's passed away now, but like those are the memories that I treasure the most watching Saturday Night Hockey in Punjabi. And that's what the show does now too. It connects you know, generations and it lets people know, you know they're validated, they belong here, we belong here. So exactly what H said, it's all about that connection. It's all about the unity that it was able to create.
2: I remember like when when a couple of the first seasons of the show, I was at like a minor hockey arena uh, where kids were playing and I, I had to go in for some reason. I can't even remember, but there was a couple there, these young parents and they, they i could tell they were talking about me this was in the early years of the show where like you know you don't necessarily you're not used to being recognized or anything but then these this couple came over and they said oh are you one of them who does the show in punjabi hockey night in canada and i said yeah and then i said we started talking i said what are you doing here and and they said well we put our kids into the into hockey because we started following the sport because of the show and we liked hockey. And then that's why we decided to put our kids in. So mm. that was the first time I had like real proof and example that this is growing the game. And it was this huge light bulb that this is not just like a novelty, like it's actually growing the sport at a very grassroots level. And then the one thing I also want to add on about the show and its significance, I'm going to talk about the connection. Now we touched on growing the game and the multi-generation aspect, but representation yeah. like uh, people like myself and Amrit we only got our foot in the door in this industry because of Hockey Night Punjabi had it not been for that show I don't think we would have been able to get it in in the hockey broadcasting world right and so when I was growing up I didn't have an example of people from my community in the hockey world but Amrit you know she watched us and that was for her that moment like wow you know she can participate in it it's one of the most amazing stories that i will you know never forget in my whole life that amrit grew up watching it and now she's a part of the show like it doesn't get any better than that and and for my own kids who are my daughter's five my son's three they don't have that as a barrier anymore because they see people from their community talking about hockey on tv but they see amrit they know that women Mm. can be a part of it women of color can be a part of it women who speak punjabi can be a part of it right so representation, what this show has done for representation is just tremendous.
3: Ryan, you have a book out, One Game at a Time, and thank you very much for sending uh, sending me a copy along with uh, several other folks at the NHL. And I've been reading it, and you've done such a wonderful uh, job of sort of weaving in your story through the importance of your religion, your family, uh, but you also tie it back in with the importance of growing the game, like why your story and Amrit's story and, and everyone who's part of the Hockey Night in Canada Punjabi story of how all that is part of growing the game. And I think, you know, it's interesting because we always talk about sports as a great sort of uniter, right? Like it brings people together. But there are still levels of inclusion and representation. And I think growing up in Canada, I was, you know, I became a big fan. I related a lot to your story, Harman, uh, because I as an immigrant from Pakistan who fell in love with hockey, you know, following the teams and my favorite players and getting autographs and things of that nature. You know, just seeing a player with brown skin, you kind of feel like, "Oh my god, there's this is something amazing." But then you talk about as you just so eloquently did that when you actually can broadcast a game in that native language, then it's a whole different level that you open up.
2: When we look at where hockey is as a sport right now, Uh, It is a predominantly white sport. And when you look at Mm. the participation numbers, things have been stagnant or going down for a while here in terms of because the sport is expensive or also because Mm. uh, people from different communities, they're not, the parents are not familiar with it. So then you don't don't consider putting your kids into it, right? We've got to go over and above and put in a lot more work to make sure this sport is welcoming to everybody. I can tell you that, Sadia and, and Donnie and, and Amrit, I'm sure you guys have experienced a lot mm-hmm. of this type of thing too. But uh, when I reflect back on racial discrimination or blunt racism or racial slurs that I've been called in my life: towel head, Taliban, raghead, you go back to where you came from, all sorts of you know crazy nonsense, because I'm a proud Canadian but when i've heard a lot of those racial slurs unfortunately i've heard a lot of them inside a hockey arena mm-hmm. growing up when i would go with my sister or my friends or family to to hockey games like th- those are a lot of the areas where we experience some of uh, those traumatic racist moments that stick with you for the rest of your life right so there's so many things going on finally in terms of I'm so happy that we're at least we've gotten to the point where we're having this conversation the NHL has a fan inclusion committee I've been really fortunate to be a part of it and we're talking about those things about how can we make an NHL arena the in-game experience more inclusive and more welcoming and more safe for people from different communities right and there's so much to be done in the game of hockey. And, and I, I think we have a long ways to go, but we finally, we're now planting these seeds. It's not going to be a quick fix, but it's going to take 10, 15, 20 years for us to see these seeds come to fruition. And you mentioned it when, when you see people from your community broadcasting the game or in the game, like the amount of impact of having an Edmonton Oilers player by the name of Jajar Kara, I see it in my own kids. Like I don't even have to say anything to them. He's automatically one of their favorite players. And I'm watching this with fascination because they pretend to be him. And there's this automatic connection. They feel like that there's a there's an opportunity for them to have a place in the game just because there's a familiar name. So all of this stuff is going to take time, but the seeds are being planted and hopefully we'll continue to be able to grow the game and make it more diverse uh, in, in the coming years.
1: And just based off of my personal experience, I, I do stories on the show where I highlight players, we highlight former players and the struggles that they've gone through. And in the last six, seven years where I've been doing six, six years, not seven, <laughs> six years <laughs> since I've been doing stories, the conversation, the narrative went from race to inclusion. Hmm. And when I ask these kids, what struggles are you going through? It's not about racism as much anymore. And I am more than happy to not push that narrative. And I I think that has something that has a direct connection to Hockey Night Punjabi, to having these conversations about, okay, this is an inclusive space. We're here to help you. We're here to, you know, encourage you. And I think that also goes to show how much Hockey Night Punjabi has done for not only the sport, but our communities here in Canada.
2: A big part of that, and Amrit is just, she's too humble and modest to mention it but so a lot of us get to have the fun and we call the game on that show but the one of the most important parts of that show is telling those stories and and that's Amrit in the intermission segments right she's she's going out there finding out which players are up and coming in in the community to be able to profile them she's profiling families whose grandparents have become huge fans and they're wearing jerseys and watching every night and then she's also talking about the experience of players who are now you know in their mid-30s and 40s and when they grew up playing hockey but because they were different they experienced Mm -hmm. a lot of discrimination so she's encapsulated the whole immigrant story on hockey night in canada punjabi in the intermissions and it's become one of the most important parts of the show and as you can tell i'm very proud of her and as are all of us at hockey night punjabi
0: So, talking about Hockey Night Punjabi, right? I've watched videos. There's so much vibrancy and fervor, and you bring that Punjabi culture, right? They're like lyrics from Punjabi songs that I can relate to. But are you worried about cultural appropriation or mutation of Punjabi, the authentic version that you're presenting to everyone? Are you concerned about that?
1: Well, I'm going to just base this off of my experience. Like, I don't see a concern there. If anything, it's educating. If anything, it's teaching people about the culture in, I guess, a little bit more of a fun manner rather than just going to a class. But Harnar, you may be able to expand on that a little bit more.
2: Yeah, you know, I guess the way I would answer that question is, is that one of the feedback that we've received is from parents who have young kids who say that, it's difficult for them to make their culture and heritage exciting for kids Mm. sometimes, you know, and, and so one of the things is, you know, teaching them their mother tongue, their language, and the feedback from these parents has been that we've been able to make it fun. And they notice that when their kids are watching Hockey Night Punjabi, they're picking up new words and, you know, there's almost this cool factor to it. It's also something when we step out now into the mainstream world this is something that is like celebrated by other Canadians. Other mm. Canadians find it fascinating that it's been so successful, but they they also think it's cool that oh, you know, those are the hockey night Punjabi guys, and it's become just a a natural part of the game here in Canada, which is which is great to see.
0: So let's talk about the language because language is at the center of it, right? Now I speak few languages, I'm multilingual, and I'm sure both of you are at least bilingual from what I know. For me, every language brings out different aspects of my personality right? English is reserved for more maybe intellectual, professional conversations. But when it's emotional conversation, I go to either Urdu or Pashto. Do you guys feel that way? I'm an immigrant. So for me, English is not my first language. It's one of those vestiges of colonialism that we were given growing up in Pakistan. But how does it feel? Like, how do you switch? Because I quote switch, if you will.
2: I've been dealing with this a lot, specifically this season. So I'm very fortunate that I was really bilingual at a very young age Um, like my parents got me into reading writing speaking Punjabi really early and then I hung out with a lot of Punjabi musicians and we hosted a lot of them at our house because I played tabla and vajja harmonium and with the Keithan side so I got to hang out with them and I you know my when you talk about English being as your more kind of formal language yeah Punjabi being the more emotional, I can totally relate to that because I can, (laughs) I can be so loose and like fun and like, you know, Punjabi is able, I don't know, there's just naturally more humor in the language. And so then I'm able to kind of showcase my natural personality with that. But when it comes to English, like this season, so I, I had the good fortune of calling over 700 games in Punjabi and then this season, I was asked by Sportsnet to begin calling games in English. And, wow. uh, and during the course of three hours of a hockey game, you're saying probably I've never counted it, but I'm imagining it's you know somewhere upwards of ten thousand words. And so when I've been calling hockey games for you know thirteen seasons in Punjabi, my brain is wired <laughs> that way. And I've had to do this switch this this season, right? And so that's been that's been a little bit of a mind battle. But I have had people ask me this exact question that, you know, you're very different when you're calling the games in Punjabi versus English. Right. And so I've had to even look and compare it myself. And it's just true. Like the Punjabi language is just so much more fun, loose, and you're able to just, you know, you almost end up singing the game. And it's like, it's, there's just, there's so many facets where you can just be energetic and just, you know, have fun with it. And there's an entertainment factor where There is that on the English side, but it's a little bit more serious and business-like too. And so I've been trying to figure out how to balance that and bring aspects of my Punjabi style to the English style. So there is a difference, but I don't know if my first language is English or Punjabi. I think I'm pretty straight down the middle. They say it's what you dream as. I think the last decade I was dreaming in Punjabi and I like I <laughs> feel like it's bizarre, but that that was my focus. That's what I did, right? And I wanted to keep getting better and better at being a Punjabi play-by-play commentator. And now I've had to switch. I'm seeing that, you know, the English is coming out a lot more too. So it's an interesting little inner battle, but that's for me talking just from my personal experience.
1: My first language um, was English. Um, I'd like to thank Harn Ryan for becoming my first Punjabi teacher. <laughs> it's because it really is because of him. I was able to learn the language and switching over for me has been very, very difficult. But again, it's the show that has made it a little bit more easier and it's given me really a purpose uh, to learn Being able to speak in Punjabi, yes, it's more fun. It's more casual. It's a little bit more energetic. But for myself, I found there to be more of a closeness to my ancestors, Hmm. the roots, and a better understanding of the sacrifices that were made by those who came before us. I honored my heritage by learning about my language, by putting out work in my language. So the switch is definitely hard, but there's also a lot of positives that come out of it.
0: That's beautiful. Donnie, uh, how many languages do you speak?
3: Just two, uh, English and Urdu. So we're both, technically, our last name is Khan, although there's no relation. Uh, but, you know, we're both batans and yeah. uh, we, I should know Pashto. You know, it's, one thing I will say is that, you know, watching you both, Amrit and Hanrayan and I've had almost a such an interesting experience in Hannah Ryan and reading your book and following both of your careers and uh, just watching clips of Hockey Night in Canada and Punjabi and, and just listening to your interviews and things like that. I have found it so liberating. You know, U.S. and Canada, the, there's a little bit of a difference in how hockey is treated, right? So for me... It was a way of, beco- of becoming Americanized, but I, I dove headfirst into it. And I kind of, even what you were saying, yeah. you know, I dream in English. And when I'd speak to my, my relatives in Pakistan, I would kind of go back and forth between Urdu and English. And sometimes I felt like maybe my Urdu didn't sound that great <laughs> when I was talking to them. Watching you guys, I've drawn so much inspiration and sort of like a um, the green light to just kind of be yourself, you know. And I think whatever it is, and I've just I, I've seen how you guys have brought your your heritage, your language, your culture with something that you love, which is hockey, which is sort of like the common bond that we all we all have. And I think it's been such a, a beautiful thing to watch, and and I truly appreciate everything that you guys are doing.
0: Amrit, you mentioned English is your first language and you learned Punjabi. Did you get any pushback from your family or your community? And I say that as an immigrant, I am pretty critical of how my kids speak Pashto and Urdu, which is so unfair to them. But many a times I think we try to gatekeep our cultures and traditions in order in an attempt to preserve that culture that we bring from our countries of origin. Did you feel that pushback? And if so, how did you address it?
1: So learning my language um, was almost a social responsibility that I had. Um, And over the years, I'm working on the show. There hasn't been pushback, but there have been critics. And, you know, some people are like, what what language is she speaking? Is That accent is so, it, it is in Punjabi. But Again, there are good people out in this world and there's more good out there. So with the critics come the people that are there to encourage you, are there to say, "Okay, keep at it.
0: Talking about your book, I know Donnie mentioned it a few times. I am curious to know. First, I think writing a book is such a reflective process, but it also makes people vulnerable because there is so much that you're sharing with the world. You chronicle your whole journey, your family, your background. Were you at any point worried that you're revealing too much? And how did people around you feel about you writing a book?
2: Like, I'm in my mid-30s, and this is basically like an autobiography, a memoir, and and she's like, she's like, she says in like, Punjabi, you don't leave anything out, right? She's like, everybody is going to know everything about you. Like, is this she, and she was just like, you know, and then that made me think too, like, holy smokes, I guess, right? Like, um, you know, it'd be easy to have some identity theft here. Uh, the, the other uh, kind of aspect that plays into um, who I am as a broadcaster right now, like I've been fortunate to be, calling games on a national level with Sportsnet here in Canada. And so these games are, you know, I'm not a home team announcer. I'm I'm playing it down the middle. I, I take it very seriously to be unbiased. Uh, mm-hmm. But at some point, all of us commentators, broadcasters in this industry, we were fans. And so I've had to put out there that this is who I was a fan of when I was growing up. And a lot of times now, almost every game, uh, fans from other teams they use that against me, saying, Oh, he grew up as you know a fan of this team or a fan of this player and that kind of thing. And I've realized that a lot of other play-by-play commentators have been able to the ones that we know who have the biggest profile and names in Canada and even the US, like we don't necessarily it's not public knowledge as to who which players and which teams they were fans of, and so people can't use that against them. So there's a bit of vulnerability Um, the thing that I would say that I'm most proud of about the book though is my parents as Amrit mentioned uh, you know like my parents and the generations before us sometimes when we my person like myself feels like I'm going through a tough time it it doesn't take me long to realize that what I'm going through is nothing in comparison to what they went through Mm -hmm. right and my great grandfather coming here in the early 1900s my parents coming in the 60s the challenges and the obstacles they faced and to be able to bring that as a part of the book. I think I've been able to thankfully accomplish a bunch of things in my career, but nothing made my parents more proud than, than this book. And and seeing their reaction of when we got the first copies and and knowing that their story is also a part of it, that means a lot to me. It meant a lot to them. I don't think they would have ever imagined that, you know, those struggles that they went through, When they came here to Canada in those times when you know people hadn't even heard of a turban, let alone seeing one and everything they went through that it would be put on paper in a book and so that that was really special for me able to incorporate that along with my hockey story as well
3: that's amazing you know one of the things that stuck out for me Han ryan in your book was that your family was actually has a long history in canada and one of your great grandfathers was one of the first 106 in in canada isn't that correct
2: that's right that's right and it was you know when i i was probably in junior high middle school age when i learned about that and uh it revolutionized how i looked at myself as a canadian to be honest with you Because when people would say things like go back to where you came from, all of a sudden I had this info in my back pocket and I could say something back like what are you talking about like and I was you know, if someone was going to say something to me my parents, they would just accept it be quiet they wouldn't speak up they didn't want to create a problem right but because I'm born here. And same with Amrit, like we feel like we have every right to speak up. So I would try to say things back when people said stuff to me. But this time I had like actual factual information. I could say my family's history probably dates back longer than yours. So you better, you know, <laughs> <laughs> shut up because, but, but it's, it's, it was important for me to, and, you know, I began putting a Canadian flag in my bedroom window like my patriotism for Canada just went exponentially higher and higher because I was like this is my country just because I look different it doesn't mean you know this isn't my country and I've, I've had so many experiences that like we all do as as visible minorities where people assume you're new right like I've had people say welcome to Canada or uh, where are you, no, where are you really from? Or oh, like, you don't have an accent. It's like, yeah, buddy, that's what I'm trying to tell you. i trying to tell you for like five times now that like, I'm at, you know, and so we've had those experiences in so many different times in our life. So that, that was a really big moment for me and to kind of learn what he went through and even researching what the government was saying at that time, like the federal government of Canada in the early 1900s was very bluntly advocating for a white Canada, they didn't want outsiders, quote, unquote, outsiders <laughs> and all that stuff. And, you know, that was this picture that was painted in my mind that look how tough it was during those days. And you risked your life on a ship to come over in those days. And, you know, he went back because it wasn't the most wel- welcoming place and he didn't want to give up his everything hmm. about his heritage.
0: I want to tie what you're talking about to an added dimension of discrimination that you face. You've talked openly about some of the racism that you have experienced in your childhood. And as someone who wears turban and has beard, you've had people mistake you for being Muslim and negative stereotypes that are associated with the Muslim community. Can you talk about how you address those misconceptions without othering Muslims at the same time?
2: Yeah, it's it's a very fine line. It's very intricate, you know. I would say, like, you know, one of the most traumatic experiences I I write about it in my book that I grew up with the same kids from kindergarten to grade 12. And one of the kids when I was in elementary school who was a hockey player, bigger, stronger, and he used to actually tell others that if you're going to bother Harnera and you have to go through me and This was a kid who kind of looked out for me when I was a lot younger. And Mm -hmm. September 11th happens 2001, the, the tragedy and the attack in New York City. And I'm in Brooks, Alberta, and it's like, what's the relation? But that same kid, when I was in grade 11, he grabbed me from my throat, threw me up against the wall and said so, so much hatred that he was spewing and was like, I can't believe you did this. And it's like I, you know, I had I had to immediately figure out what was going on like why is he even assuming right and it's mm-hmm. it's just cuz what they saw on TV and those types of people they don't know the differences or what like you know it's just so hard to explain when you're younger right so mm-hmm. I had to kind of really figure that out and 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 then later on I can give you examples of when I've done games in the United States it's a little as Donnie mentioned it's a little different here in Canada I don't want to keep saying that I'm not saying anyone's better than but it's just in terms of maybe the educational proponent of who people are. I mean, I think in Canada, there is a little bit of a people are more able to tell the difference and they just understand the cultural nuances maybe slightly differently. And when I've done games in the United States, I've had I've been walking to an arena with my colleagues who are white mm. and uh, I've had people shout out stuff to me as we're going. And I've, I've asked some of my colleagues at the did you know what they're saying? And they said, no. And then I said, well, I said, that person just yelled out something to me. And Mm. I said, I can either take it negatively, or I can take it positively. And what they yelled out to me was, salaam alaikum, right? Mm. And, And I said, you know, either they're trying to be racist, because they just see me with a turban and a beard and that, or they're actually trying to be, you know, nice, and they (laughs) they think I'm a Muslim, and they're saying hello, right? Uh, And I was like, I have no idea, and there's tons of people here. I'm not going to go check. My parents have always taught me don't make it confrontational. Try to have it as an opportunity to have a conversation about it, right, where you can mm -hmm. change someone's perspective, and that is a very fine line uh in terms of how to try to make sure and i think the way to go about it is to talk about respect and love for all of humanity Mm. that you know it doesn't matter what your faith is it doesn't matter who you are where you come from how you look what language you speak what gender you are like we all we're all one and we should respect one another and celebrate our differences and i think when we talk holistically and with love for humanity then we're able to ride that fine line in, in the way that it should be
3: one of the things we wanted to talk about a little bit is so you guys are uh in canada and punjabi we kind of started there obviously this the show is a success both of you guys are doing great where do you see going next what are your hopes for the show and for yourself? So talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I know with Hockey and I, Punjab, we are so fortunate to be given this platform and I don't think we can say it enough. Like we are indebted to this show, really. For myself, my passion lies with storytelling and it lies with um, storytelling that includes advocacy components as well. Mm. So I've been showcasing players, um, from the South Asian side of things, but I'd like to continue that storytelling to all sports. And I'm kind of working on it now. Um, I've been tasked to do a couple of features for Sportsnet for Asian Heritage Month, where we're highlighting prominent uh, voices and athletes that come from an Asian heritage and not only talking about their background, but also talking about issues that matter to them, delving past the box score. So I'm kind of doing it now and I'd like to continue. So. Hopefully, just to be able to continue storytelling and telling stories t- that you know not only inform but enlighten people about others' cultures, backgrounds, and make it a more compassionate, accepting, and loving society.
2: <laughs> and it's so, it's just great to see all these doors opening and these doors that are being broken down are just going to bring more opportunities for the future generations. I did a podcast from a a couple of people from Calgary. They're young, they're in high school and they, they have a podcast covering the Calgary flames and uh, they asked me to come on. And so I, I agreed to, and, and they told me, um, you know, they're from the South Asian community and they literally said in it almost, I was almost emotional hearing it. Like they said, You know, they would never have felt that they had a place in the Mm. world of hockey had it not been for what we're doing and for just seeing me on TV and and that. And it gives them hope. It's such a great example of what it can do, right? When you break down these barriers, it opens uh, the door for so many others. I would love to be able to continue to do that. And being on the English side now, some of the negativity that I receive on social media, I I hope to be able to do such a good job to be able to flip their perspective. That's my little part in trying to make the world through the hockey world, but just trying to make the world a better place for everybody by just making diversity normal.
0: But do you think it's a lot of burden on both of you. Like, shouldn't this burden be shared by people who are watching you or the dominant population? Because you just mentioned that you want to do really well, right? And it's okay to do really well, but not because we have to prove it to other people that we belong.
2: Yeah, I think that's part of when you're one of the first from a community to be able to get in that position. Hmm. You feel that burden, you feel that pressure. In 2016, uh, Donnie, just soon after we met at the World Cup, that was the first time I was given an opportunity to be a part of an English broadcast. That was as a host, and it was a national game on a Wednesday night, and a minute and a half to two minutes before I I was standing there with the mic ready to go live, I realized that feeling right there and then that, like, it's not only... The pressure of myself to do well the pressure for my colleagues to do well so that you know we all get more opportunities my family to make them proud but it's like the whole community like you know i have to do a a a good enough job so that this can continue right and so you i think it's just natural where you you feel that and um and it it's part and parcel it comes with the territory when when you're one of the first people to do that and so I, I am, I've been told so many times, I'm my harshest critic, I put too much pressure on myself, I focus on my mistakes and that but it's just one of those things that ends up happening when you're in this type of position. It's it's such a public job, right? And, it, and it's your, whatever I'm going to say on the air is going to be there forever. And because of Twitter and social media, Twitter, especially you are you are critiqued, like, instantly. There's pressure to be accurate, to do a good enough job, to be entertaining, informative, and to have all of that. And so, yeah, that's it's natural to, to have that pressure and that burden.
0: But do you think it's also important to educate people that one person is not representing the entire community, right? So to me, it's a bit unfair to us, whatever we do or an individual does, Our entire communities are judged based on that. We faced a lot of racism and xenophobia because of that. You
1: know, I I think it is definitely unfair, but right now that's just what the territory comes with. But it's also our job with our social responsibility to push those perimeters and tell those people working behind the scenes, employing people, that okay. We need more diverse voices at the table. We need more women at the table. So, you know, it's one thing where we project something out as the broadcast, the audience feeds in that energy. That's lovely. But at the end of the day, if that message isn't getting across to the people sitting on the other side of the table, it's really difficult. So, I think, you know, it's important to be your authentic self. It's important to develop a niche and it's important to challenge the norms. I'm speaking to an international student right now. She's from India. She's in sports journalism. The day she reached out to me, I was like, what? You're <laughs> telling me there's another woman of color that kind of looks like me lost <laughs> a sports journalism in Canada? She's navigating so many challenges right now, and it's hard for other journalists to relate or offer her advice. Yes, there's a social responsibility that comes with it, but we got to start viewing it as almost a privilege, too, rather than a burden.
3: I agree, Maria, um, with what you're saying. Uh, until we hopefully get to a point where there's uh, so much diversity in so many different arenas where a few don't have to carry the burden, unfortunately, the territory does come with that for, for the folks who are in the uh, in some of these mm. fields.
0: So in the end, I'm going to ask you a fun question. I normally ask my guests to describe America in a word or a sentence, and I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to ask both of you to describe Canada in a word or a sentence. Diverse.
2: I would say in a sentence, it's the best country in the world because it gave me and my family opportunities that we wouldn't have been able to receive in any other place.
3: I wanna thank you guys for, for joining us and I wanna thank Sadia for giving us this opportunity to to do this, something that's very different for the for the National Hockey League. So we really appreciate Amreet you and, and Han Ryan for taking the time and Sadia for letting us come on your show and, and, and bring a little bit of hockey to your audience. <laughs> no, it
2: goes both ways, Donnie. I remember when I uh, met you in twenty sixteen and saw your name and I it's just it's tremendous having someone like yourself in that position. Uh, at the NHL. So, uh, you know, I applaud all of everything that you've done, too. And it's great to see your team grow. Sadia, this was wonderful. Great questions. Uh, Hope to be able to do this again. I really enjoyed this conversation.
0: Absolutely. And can you share your social media information, your Twitter handle, your IG, so that, you know, people can follow you
2: Yeah, so for Hockey Night Punjabi, that's just uh, any of uh, the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you just search Hockey Night Punjabi, that'll show up. It's uh, just slightly different on uh, Twitter because of the amount of characters. Um, And then for my personal one, it's Icing, H-N-I-C. So my last name being Sing and Icing being a uh, a hockey uh, play. So, I sing, and then H and I C stands for Hockey Night in Canada, and that's how you can find me. And Amrita, let us know what yours uh, is yeah, as well.
1: No, I I just wanted to say thank you too. This has been such an insightful, fun discussion. You know, it's easy for us to go up there and be in front of the scenes and kind of almost like take all the credit <laughs> <laughs> for the multiculturalism happening. But it's really people like you guys that are championing the fight behind the scenes, and you deserve to be recognized. My uh, social media is G, and you can also find me on, on All the Hockey Night Punjabi
3: pages <laughs> and uh, do we want to mention real quick about hun ryan your book people can purchase uh, one game at a time thank you so much yeah
2: so it's one game at a time my journey from small town alberta to hockey's biggest stage and it's got all of uh, a lot of hockey in there but a lot of as we mentioned my just my story as uh, my family story as being people of color and through canada and the hockey world and you can just go to onegameatatime.ca, and uh, there's links there for to how to order it. But it's available on Amazon and in um, most bookstores uh, as well in North America.
0: Thank you.